Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is the first High and Mighty episode post-quarantine. Um, so I'm going to be running through some old live episodes from the recent High and Mighty tour. Um, and then... I have plans to keep coming out every Thursday throughout the quarantine, whether it's recording remotely, something I've never done uh, on High and Mighty, because you know Uncle Gabrus likes to face-to-face. Tiffany's begging to do an episode as we're both working from home right now. Um, We're going to have special episodes. I might drop in some free, unreleased, previously unreleased stuff. We'll figure it out, but we're in this together. In the meantime, stay home. Listen to High and Mighty. Listen to Action Boys. Listen to Raised by TV. Promo code Gino on Stitcher Premium. Watch your favorite movies. Rewatch classics. Watch movies you've never seen before. Read a book. Do your shit. Stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't touch strangers' faces. Don't let strangers touch your faces. Touch your loved one's face if you must, but be wary about it. All right, guys. I don't know if that's not official CDC information. That's just what Uncle Gabriel says. All right, now live in Philadelphia with one of my best friends, Justin Tyler. This is going to be a rough one, but what's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty, live from the Ruba Club in Philadelphia. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy, Johnny G. This is my fourth time doing this in three days. I've got no voice, I've got no cardio, I've got no genitals, but it's me. Not in the High and Mighty Studios, not with my nearly silent co-host, Arthur, who is a dog. I have to tell people that now. Someone says, it's rude that I never let my silent co-host talk on the podcast. That's DMs I get. I will not tell you about the other DMs I get. 
but you guys, you bear chasers out there, are very forward and flattering, so thank you very much. And I will post more pictures of my feet, okay? Ah, I'm doing great. Feel good. A couple more of these Gansett tall boys, I'll fucking come back to life, brother. Thank you for coming out to a live high and mighty, literally the hardest way to listen to a podcast. You guys are aware that at some point this will just be in your pocket, unbeknownst to you. It'll just arrive in your pocket. But you guys paid money to come out in the snow and fucking watch a live podcast. That means so much to me. It means so much to me I came to this fucking city. I used to come to the city all the time to perform because it's a $20 bus ride away and you get to sit next to an old Asian woman with like a chicken in a cage. Back in the day, the Fung Wa bus was dangerous. And the person who I did that bus ride with the most is here with me tonight from the Dead Dads episode, my best friend, Justin Tyler! Good to see you. I sound great. I'm a professional performer. You I'm sound- a professional performer. You sound like you're crying actively right uh, now. <laughs> well, the subtext of the podcast became the text. Uh, thank you for I'm having depressed. me. All right, mother. Uh, and when we, when we, we mount our production of Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, uh, is that? I have goat legs underneath. <laughs> yeah, these we can say. How now, my love? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Mr. Tumness impression. That's good. That's definitely from Shakespeare's Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, 100% correct. They're all the same shit. A, stu- a student of the master. Shakespeare, C.S. Lewis, George R.R. R. Martin. They're all the same. <laughs> Fucking white people, am I right? Jeez, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Speaking of white people, thanks for coming out. Yeah, it's great that the whole gang showed yeah. up. Yeah. It's nice. I feel like I'm at my own police lineup. Yeah. It's like looking in a funhouse mirror of you. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the evolution of man, but mostly just cavemen. Yeah. Exactly. No one's cavemen fully up. Find food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on the paleo diet where I live next to a giant mammoth factory. Yeah. Um, mm. <clears throat> oh God. Honestly, please don't do that in the microphone. I know that was silly. an accident. Uh, throat scream. Uh, it's true. We did take the Chinatown bus down here a lot, I want to say, 10 to 12 years ago? Yeah, a long-ass time ago. We found some old pictures of us coming to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we used to sleep on a dude's couch together. Uh, Spooning. Uh, I think Greg is in the house. That Greg. man is here tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he left. <laughs> yeah, he left. <laughs> He's like, I can't have him back. He won't even cop to this group of freaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That he let us sleep on his couch. And it was great because we would do, uh, I think Greg had us down here to do shows and we did like improv shows, sketch shows. And then he would, I didn't think he knew what he was getting into by having us come to his house. Yeah, he didn't realize he was letting outside dogs in his house. (laughs) He was like, we're going to have a little party. And then the party would inevitably be like 10 people watching us fucking dance nude sometimes. The one I specifically remember is when we went into Greg's room and he showed us his room and we took a bottle of NyQuil out of his cabinet and chucked it. (laughs) After drinking. You did this to us. (laughs) You're doing this. We were chugging NyQuil and then I remember we were naked dancing on the stairs and I grabbed the banister to drop it low 
And you know how banisters have like a big decorative ball on top? I ripped that fucking thing. Fully nude. Falling down on the floor in front of strangers. Yeah. And And then they left, but we still kept doing that. Like the people, Greg was just there like, I'm sort of going to bed, but you're sleeping in my room on my couch. We were always on. <laughs> hey, As that's comedy, We though. have a societal disorder. Uh, <laughs> uh, one Feng Wah memory I remember is Justin got grabbed by a woman, like a woman, they, in Chinatown, they sell the tickets. Yes. And they go like, where are you going? Where are you going? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And they grab you, and I'm on the Philly bus waiting for Justin to get on the Philly bus and I see him walking to a bus that I know is going to Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. And he's going, Philadelphia, and the woman's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, just get on the bus, you fucking idiot. It was a very competitive game for, like, the $10 it cost to come here. Do you remember the guy, the one time he just pulled over, and he got out, and he was like, our driver was, like, stretching? Yeah. And we were like, we can't say anything to him. We can't be like, sir, yeah. we're, in, we're in a rush to drink. He's like, don't worry, I'm going to drive 100 miles an hour the rest of the way oh, to yeah. make up for my stretch and a loud, angry phone call I'm just having right now. <laughs> I miss the loud, angry phone call. Yeah. Like, I, in L.A., everyone is an Uber or a Lyft driver, and they got to talk to you about their album, what their favorite movie is. Or I had a white guy driving me. I say he's white. Yeah, you only have white. You request yeah, white yeah. Uber drivers, right? And I know that's, like, hard. And you, and you keep going to left, there's Uber white. Yeah. <laughs> Although putting the words Uber and white in the same sentence seems yeah. very bad. <laughs> Might activate some fucking sleeper cell here. Who yeah. knows? No, I think it's sort of on this side of the room is the sleeper cell. Uh, but uh, the Uber driver was just kept being like, uh, are you cool with hip-hop music? I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? In what way? He's like, I'm about to play some real nasty shit. It's like a white guy with a soul patch. I'm like... Fucking hit me with oh, it, brother. Fucking scare me, dude. Let's see it. Yeah, like, it's getting nasty. Play some crazy. And he puts on like some shit from like '89. Huh. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is dope. This is dope. And he's like, you don't care. <laughs> it doesn't bother you. The guy's not cursing. He's not even saying anything misogynistic in the lyrics. I'm like, <laughs> what is the problem? I think I have racist face. No, was, was he saying, bathing. like, you don't, like, this is a, a black person doing it, expecting you to be like, turn this off? I felt like he was saying, like, I bet you you're not actually into hip-hop, and I can make you want me. I feel like he wanted me to go, can you actually not play hip-hop? So he could go. <laughs> and he could be mad at me wow. for the rest of his day, I guess. But I like hip-hop, so it was like, sure. He's like, uh, you never heard of this? I was like, no. He's like, I thought you said you liked hip-hop. I go, yeah, I like chicken, too. I don't, I haven't had every chicken. What a... That analogy doesn't <laughs> make a... Yeah. I don't fully know what that means. That's, it's such a performative confrontation that you have out in L.A. Oh, so I miss... This is where the conversation started, right? Uh, <laughs> I miss, like, the guy who just has one earbud in and is shouting in a foreign language, yeah. raging around New York City. Yeah. Like a driver who just doesn't engage with you at all. We're like, thank, and they're already gone. Yeah, they're not going to talk to you because they're talking to four other people in different devices. Yeah. Uh, there's also a television show playing. <laughs> the radio is turned up to something far beyond hip-hop. You see he's driving exclusively at Orange Cones. Like, like, yeah. I think the street's closed, man. Yeah. He's like, just talk. I'm not going to do an impression of a guy speaking a foreign language. Yeah, no, good. It's good. It's good. Very good. Uh, 
And he, the only word he says is shortcut, shortcut over and over again yeah. <laughs> uh, because he knows a way through the cones to get yeah, through. Or, and I love when a cab driver lets you in on how stressful it is to drive. Like that's a feeling, right? Where they look back at you and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, don't even get me started, man. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> yes, yes, you're going to get me there a minute faster, but I have shaken adult syndrome. <laughs> um, where, where did we perform when we've come to Philly previously? We've been in uh, the upstairs at an Irish bar. Um, yes, uh, there was a room up there that we were performing for like eight to Eight. It was just, yeah, it was just eight, eight people. Eight-ish. It was about eight people, yeah. uh, and we would do very long improv shows. Uh, <laughs> Which is like kind of what you're here for. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, little spoiler about what you're seeing. Uh, and uh, then we performed at the Philly Improv Theater, I think. Uh, hey, wait, was that a church by any chance? Uh, I don't <laughs> I remember performing in a white building that felt like a church. And um, I did this thing where like you put your face down and pull your pants down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our sketch show. Oh, right, yeah. right. Uh, uh, yeah, and then we, we, I remember one distinct memory I have is the aforementioned guy, Greg, who's getting way more play than he expected to exactly. on this Exactly. It feels um, like a roast almost. We did our show a couple of nights in a row, and on the second night, we did a, a, a written, scripted show. And he goes, yeah. guys, tonight, that show was 12 minutes longer than it was last night. A 25-minute show. And we were like, oh, wow. There was news to us that yeah, we, we had like, almost doubled the length of the show. <laughs> by just, and we don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, the show, the show wasn't tight previously. And just to paint you a little picture, the show is a lifeguard sketch show where we were in Speedos for 90% of it. For the entire, we And we actually look better than we did back then now. Yes, like, we, we were, actually, we're better say, looking now. We are for sure closer to human now than yeah. we were then. <laughs> We looked disgusting, and we would travel and do our show all around the country, and it would be like us in Speedos and like zinc on our nose backstage, and everyone else is like in like their shirt and tie comedy routine outfit, and we're like, what are we doing? Uh, No, that's bullshit. We were like, what are they doing? (laughs) They don't get it. We get it. We know what's funny, and it's doughy tits on men. And we, our show required helium tanks to fill up a bunch of balloons for a bit. Yeah, and you get it. You get it, right? It's a lifeguard show with helium, a helium tank that we, we, we had it that we performed at the UCB Theater in New York for a long time. We had a tank that looked like a missile. The people were like, yo, like there were emails, like there's a missile. <laughs> in like, we're, like, what? We found a tank backstage. We don't know what it is. It's yeah. like a purple tube with a valve on it. We're like, that's ours. Yeah. Don't touch it. We spent hundreds of dollars on every performance of a show <laughs> that. I should, we should have joined like the Party City Rewards Company or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we Truly, we were like buying a helium tank a week for like nine months, and we were a waiter and a PA. Yeah. <laughs> we had no fucking money. Legit. Obviously, we had no money. We were coming up to Philly to do shows yeah. for like $110. They'll take us in Philly. Now we're doing it for $150. Yeah. Still got no money. <laughs> yeah. 12 years later, still fucking broke. No, we're drinking this craft beer. Hey, they're tall boys for small boys. It's perfect. I do like that we each brought <laughs> two beers. That should be enough. The show's only two and a half hours, so... Yeah. We should be able to keep it together at this point. And we've been up here for like 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah, we're point, almost I done. I, yeah. think, <laughs> I think contractually we can leave any minute now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do a lot of stuff in post when you hear it. You'll love yeah, it. A lot of extra scene work. You just put in a random dialogue from movies you like. <laughs> 
I'll include my performance of Lysander from the Midsummer Night's Dream. In and this, I'll, of course, do my Tybalt monologue. Good. Very wrong Another play, but getting closer. I don't know if that's a person. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Tybalt. Is it Tybalt or Tiberius? Are they both things from different plays? Um, What's the king's name in a Midsummer Night's Dream? Tiberian? No. Uh, the T- king is... The guy who's not in the whole thing. He kind of is He in... just pops in at the end. Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> what about you, mouth breathers? It, yeah. It has nothing to do with Marvel. Name, name your favorite Shakespearean character. Does anyone know the king from A Midsummer Night's Dream? It's Tiberian? It's not Tiberius. No, Oberon's the fairy king. Uh, let's get into this. Anybody I want to have... Uh, <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> uh, this is a, this guy, I mean, he's 40, so it's weird to talk about his major. But he, not, not, No, it's not. It's great. <laughs> It's, it's great. It's normal. Dual major, theater and politics. Imagine Fuck. talking to this guy Nightmare. ever. Nightmare. What is the common ground you could find with an asshole who spent his college years yeah. learning that stuff? Ah, uh, the what college a, years. What a dork. Yeah. And again, could you tell us, uh, your major was uh, lifeguarding <laughs> yeah. and what was it? Sorry, I just, it was, I don't it was remember. lifeguarding and I minored in funneling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was unfortunately radio. This is how old I am. My major has the word radio in it. <laughs> <laughs> And look, it's actually, I'm using it. You're, you're t- yeah, I, I hate to tell you, dude. Fuck. That's literally what this is. Oh, my God. You're like, I radios actually, are stupid. I'm like, college is stupid. Radio, TV, film? How does that help? I was also an art minor, a studio art minor. I know. one of the I was the fat, heaviest guy in, in maybe the school, but definitely, <laughs> yeah, but definitely in the art department. <laughs> You would be you would drop pointillism references in some of our uh, <laughs> early shows at UCB, and everyone's like, "Yo!" And I was like, about "Didn't th- see that coming." <laughs> hey, I only took eighteen credits. We only got to pointillism. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm a Surat guy. You know what I'm saying, yeah. baby? All the Surat heads here, <laughs> throw your hands up. That's uh, actually the fairy queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what did we want to talk about on this show? <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of interviewers figured out sort of in the process uh, sort of while you're doing hey, it. Hey, man, I'm not here for my prep work. Yeah. Um, I, uh, our previous episode was about both having dead dads. 100%. Yeah. And mine came, mine returned to life, so we can't talk about uh, that see, <laughs> And that's funny because we could talk about our dads, how they came back to life, but mine died again. Yeah, that's fucking doubly and it's tragic. Really, it died a re- brain cancer the first time, the second time, banana peel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Choked on it. Come, yeah, he ate it. it was, it's not funny. The cancer, like, he didn't come back fully with it. Come on, he's a zombie. He fucking forgot to take the peel off the banana. He was going to spit it out like a sunflower seed and then choked in front of me. <laughs> you ever watch he your already? Wait. Have you ever seen your already dead dad choke to death in front of you? <laughs> you guys, me get neither. It. <laughs> uh, um, but I don't know if that's a live show kind of topic, you know? No, nah, this crowd is charged up for some deep emotional commentary. Yeah. Ten uh, years past the actual death, so we're really, yeah. we've really taken the. I mean, I'm totally okay with it. It rarely ever comes up. No. Definitely hey, never. round of applause if you're a member of the Dead Dads Club. Good. Wow. The woos are weird, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not necessary. All right. Uh, all right. Now, now everyone who has a dead mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, me. 
Uh, but the other topic we discussed was uh, male friendship. Male friendship. Yeah. You're one of my longest running friends. Like yeah. I have <laughs> longest running. <laughs> what a weird. That implies an ending. <laughs> what? What is? What's happening? Is this, is uh, that, the Knights of Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Knights of you. Puppy. Anyone who's ever heard me say the Knights of Puppy on this podcast, you know, I then attribute it to him who said that first to me, and I never heard that phrase before, and it burned in my head. And it's very stupid. It's very dumb. I don't fully get it still, Doesn't and I say sense. it all the time. I think it was Shakespeare who first wrote, put it to page, uh, and uh, I believe it was Tiberius. Uh, who I, knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, uh, but because we've been friends for a very long time and managed to maintain friendships, we worked together and didn't work together. Yeah. We've lived together for stints. We've yep. gone on vacation. We together. lived together for a month in Montana. That was a, really fun. That was very fun. That uh, was when we were. That was when we were. To hear about this. It was when we were. When <laughs> we're, we're actually just catching up. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? That was when we were fucking each other for yeah. that one month. Uh, I mean, we spent <laughs> ten years telling our wives we weren't fucking each yeah. other. <laughs> We've spent the last because our wives are also very good friends, and we both spoke at each other's weddings. We're that tight. For the last 10 years, they thought we were fucking while we were trying to get them to fuck each other. <laughs> I think Justin just heard yeah, that for the first time. Yeah. Uh, that just so put much, it out there. Yeah. So much is falling into place. Yeah. Uh, so let's fuck tonight so that they have to. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. We, we well, but no, I mean, you say that uh, as a bit, but like we, we rented a, uh, an Airstream... Okay, yes. In uh, north of L.A. In Malibu. In Malibu. So technically, where I live. Well, yeah, basically where, where I live. own an apartment. You came out to visit, and I told Tiff, my wife, that we were renting a place for the night to get writing done. Yeah. And we rented an Airstream trailer. And it, it, was, it was a little weird, it but was it was very, very cool. We were there going, like, it's so funny that my, uh, our wives always keep saying we're gay. And then we're like... Is this Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. No. <laughs> We're here to write a screenplay in one night, and we brought like 40, 40 pounds of fucking weed, 100 beers, so steaks, wine. sausage, wine. We, we spent like $200 at the grocery store. We like, never opened the laptops once. No. Literally not a word was typed. No, we took an outdoor shower we, separately, and then like... Separately... We crossed the PCH without a light at night, which is literally the most dangerous thing you could do. Uh, but after that trip, my wife was dead serious. She was like, did you guys fuck each other? <laughs> so like, and it's you were like, that... you would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would, you would know, be able to tell. <laughs> you would, I would be different. All right, here's something funny about that trip. So we're there, and we, the, the, the Airstream we rented, that's a great start to a story, right? We're there. <laughs> That's yes. all the details you need. <laughs> um, and there's two other things on the property, including a teepee and another that, that you could rent. That you, you could rent that other people are renting, which is sticks and cloth. Just to yes. be clear, that a you teepee. rent as as a place to sleep inside. Yes, as wild a... cultural appropriation. And the teepee set up, and me and him are sitting there outside of our airstream in like lawn chairs, drinking tall boys in our bathing suits, just like bullshitting, and then. Two girls show up, two young women, like young, beautiful, and then they're German tourists, and yep. they show up, and they're staying in the teepee, and we're like, hello, when they walk out. <laughs> and yeah. then they leave, the, they hang out in the teepee, set their stuff up, and they come walking back past us, and we're like, oh, you guys are staying in the teepee? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And Justin goes, it's crazy, the thing doesn't even have a lock. <laughs> we, neither of us realized what that might sound Just like. very... Innocently, yeah. And then they're like, oh, that's crazy. And then they walked away, and we were like, 
I think what we said was inappropriate. We should not have said that. They were like, probably like, get, we have to buy a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Americans are right. You do need guns. Get me a bump stock. So, yeah. <laughs> they were the first to have a bump stock. They, uh, and that, that, was, that part was weird, and that was my fault. But it also felt... It also felt like a sort of a porno trap, if you know. Oh what I yeah, because our wives are like they're up there being gay, yeah. and then there's two like German tourists with like blonde pigtails and backpacks. Like, do you know where the market is? We're like, <laughs> we're like, come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, over there. <laughs> We've got six bottles of Montepulciano for the two of us for one night. If you want to party, and our they're like, fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. Also that night, uh, Justin was cooking for, <laughs> cooking for us. Every time I say something, that's it. That's every not- detail I reveal, I'm like, yeah, of course, that we had a pretty much a gay weekend. We're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a weird nervous tick that is. Yeah. That you do that. You just- uh, yeah, I just get antsy with my hands every yeah. once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never noticed in the live show, but truly, I guess that's yeah. sort this of... This is happening in the studio the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's why I have so many male guests. Yeah. I have no re- repeat females. Uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, what was I saying? Fingering your butt. Yeah. No, uh, it's fingering like it was no. weird. Oh, yeah. Weird. Oh, Justin's cooking. He's got a little tin... Uh, Aluminum foil envelope full of sausage and peppers that we're making okay. on the grill. No, man, it's not that tweed shit. Don't make it a whole thing. I'm just saying we go above and beyond. We bought like chorizo spice and shit. We were, we were getting after it. Uh, Justin's like, we're out of beer. I'm like, oh, want to switch to red wine? He's like, yeah, go. It's in the trailer. Go grab it. I'm like, hell yeah. I'll grab a joint too. I go in the trailer, put the joint in my mouth, don't light it, grab the bottle. And I go, you want to open this one? He's like, yeah. And I come sh- screaming out of the trailer. I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm we're so hyped. I'm running. Unnecessarily running. Unnecessarily. Did not need to run. I truly never need to run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a fucking like knee-high tree stump coffee table thing. And I fucking hit it and go fully. The fact that the wine bottle didn't break and cut my fucking jugular, which is what I was praying for. Yeah. And, it just didn't happen. But I had a fucking gash on my leg that was insane. Yeah. I thought we were going to have to break into the German TP. Because there was no lock. Yeah. Uh, and well, you kept going. Drive us you were like, hospital. do you want me to go in there, TP, and get anything? I was like, no, we're fine. <laughs> I, maybe they have yeah, tampons. We'll stop the blood. Yeah. One of them smelled like she was on her period. Yeah. We're sharks like that, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> just one... Uh, but something that kind of Venn diagrams both male friendship and dead dads is I feel like our dads died like one year apart or close together when we were at peak spending a lot of time together. Like when we were right. writing together, living around the block you from lived, each yeah, other. You lived yeah. right <laughs> away. Uh, uh, just, we would just take turns going to each other's houses or, or a cafe in the middle of our yeah. apartments every day for like nine months. For like, so long. Nine months unbroken, but over the course of five years we were doing this shit. And we were... Well, we were you maybe, and we were making... Zero dollars together. Yeah, I want nothing. you to know that Absolutely for like nothing. four or five years. But the we, dreams we had, and then eventually the we, dreams we had. Oh, uh, we had big dreams, and then when we eventually sold a couple of pilots to Comedy Central, uh, if you, and made not a fortune, not I will a say, for, yeah, not a fortune. This is where the math comes into play. If you spread it out over one year, it's like selling two pilots is sharing a teacher's salary, which is good money for writing, but it's not enough to live off of. But if you sell this two is pilots, somehow this is somehow sadder than the dead dad stuff, yeah. by the way. 
Just, just real like, quick. Just go back to quick. the cancer guy <laughs> yeah, joking. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the brain cancer. Go back to that weird homophobic stuff you guys were doing. <laughs> it wasn't homophobic. It was homoerotic. Yeah. All oh, right. Very different. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, what's what's the opposite of phobic? Homo sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Really took you a minute there to, get, to really arrive there. What's I don't the know why I'm doing De Niro face. It works. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and it, but if you spread it over five years, it comes out to about four grand a year. <laughs> yeah. Living and we wage. were working on these scripts and stuff for five years and made about twenty grand each over the course of five years. And, and just to give you a picture, so we did the, the lifeguard sketch show that we talked about that we did in Philly. Uh, not a lot of industry heat came Would out Would you guys show. be surprised to hear that we did a lifeguard comedy show as listeners of High and Mighty? Yeah. That I might have some things to say about being a lifeguard. Oh, and what a statement we made in that sketch show. We really uh, lit up the lifeguard. We had business. a sketch about uh, the Hans Merkham, a lifeguard who rescued baby Hitler in a German <laughs> beach and blamed himself for the Holocaust. Yeah. So see? Kind of, see? See? Still got it. Pretty smart. Pretty smart. We got smart. any Comedy Central executives that we didn't burn a bridge with at all? Yeah. Still uh, don't want to work with us? Got we should it. definitely get into uh, that bridge we burned in L.A. story in a second. But yeah. uh, let me just say real quick, we were doing that uh, lifeguard sketch show. We were then like, these uh, people, when we did it in L.A., were like, oh, uh, you should write this as a movie. So we, we went back to New York, and we fucking grinded on the laptop. We wrote this epic movie. Let's zoom out a little bit now that we're, that, that was about 12 years ago, 10 uh-huh. years ago. Let's zoom out a little bit now and talk more about what a general meeting where someone goes, hey, you guys should maybe write a movie about this, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to buy a script as soon as you hand it to us. It turns out it does not mean that. Yeah. But uh, they don't tell you that before you get to Hollywood. Yeah. So the whole time we're writing a movie for what we think are film execs. And we literally would write for like a few hours and just be there like, okay, so when they buy this, we're going to do this and this and this. And we, we, were all fun, like, and we were not 19. We uh, were like 25 and I was even a little older. Yeah, we won't, won't get into details of age differences, but yeah, we were in our mid to late 20s going like, ooh, dude, then we go on a writer's retreat and we can write. And they're like, we were talking about it like we were fucking... I don't know. <laughs> I was like trying to think of a uh, writers, and I was like Abbott and Costello. Was <laughs> yeah, no. That's good. Oh, man, we are like <laughs> we are like them for a different reason. Yeah, we got the classic comedy duo build. <laughs> yeah. uh, we so we sent in the movie, um, and they were like, uh, "Thanks for doing this, guys. This is insane." It's a, it starts as a lifeguard movie, and it ends with the two lifeguards at a LARPing castle. Yeah. With a, at a LARPing castle because the American gladiators that were also their rival lifeguards. And we were like, it has to be the actual American gladiators. We're like, here are pictures of Nitro and Laser. Yeah. This is who we need. And it's very rare to include a glossy photograph in a screenplay, but we paid for it. We went the extra mile. So we have never done any more. <laughs> Uh, we retired, uh, and now... Oh, wait, so here's a story. Justin brought it up casually that I think we famously... Famously? Infamously? Yeah. Honestly, neither. neither. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's not either one of those yeah. things. <laughs> it's just something widely known to us. Yeah. Internally, I internally, think, is the yeah, answer. Well, I wish it was all internal. Yeah. Uh, but Justin has the worst farts Known to man. Now, uh, someone just said yes. Weird to hear someone. I think it's someone who instantly. knows you, not yeah. someone who's like, yes, me too. I think it's no, someone. That who's was like, someone who's like, yes, you. Come to my house. I got a Ziploc bag. I need you to fart in. 
Uh, but he and, has terrible farts because he spends all night drinking IPA and all day drinking coffee and then not anything else in between. Yeah, water's for suckers. <laughs> I wish I could take the water out of this beer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just sit up here and chew hops. <laughs> Uh, and but the thing is, when people, um, uh, I don't like to, you know, own up to it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> As and then, you shouldn't. I wouldn't own up to it if it smelled that bad too. It, so Gamers is always like, when they look at us, they think I did it. Can we talk a little bit about skinny privilege? <laughs> I'm fat. That doesn't affect my insides. I mean, maybe my blood sugar level is higher or whatever, but it's not like my farts smell worse because I weigh a hundred more pounds than him. 130. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So when he farts, people are like, we're always together. We farts when we're working at the cafe. And I'm like, Justin. He's like, uh, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. <laughs> and I can just feel everyone's eyes burning a hole in me. It's like, I knew it was that fat guy. <laughs> His friend smells so good. And that's that fat yeah. guy ripping ass. Yeah. Let's fucking go outside his house with pitchforks and torches. Happened a lot. Uh, so... And I, I used to get mad at him. I used to be like, you should tell those people you farted. He's like, I'm not I'm like, doing what, that. When like, am I going to do that? I'm going to do that. I'm going to go. But you don't want to like walk up and hand them a car that says I farted. Like it was like, me. Like a weird. Like a uh, child molester going around the neighborhood. <laughs> Hi, Megan's law. Megan is a woman who died when she smelled his fart. Uh, I just wanna... It's a different Megan. It's a different Megan. It's Megan R. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so so we, were at a, we were at a meeting at Spike TV. No, it was Comedy Central, Comedy Central in LA. And we, this is like, we were psyched. We had a manager who was a fucking psychopath at the yeah. time. And guys, we were psyched because we didn't understand the business at all. We yeah. were so green that every time someone's like, we'll take a meeting with them. We're like, okay, how do we make money at this yeah. meeting? And <laughs> how do we talk been. to these people? Yeah. And keep in mind, we got these meetings off being in Speedos within a helium tank. So yeah. the fact that they thought we were going to crush it was their mistake. Yeah, at some point it's their fault. So we had this meeting. We're waiting in the conference room for our manager and for the people we're meeting with to show up. We're sitting there and Justin's, Justin's face is like, uh, he starts to smirk and he's a little red and I'm like, all of a sudden it hits me and it stinks. And I'm like, Justin, did you fart? And he's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I know you did. He goes, it doesn't even smell. <laughs> and then I go, bro, it smells, but we've, this is our hundredth version of this fight. Yeah. So he's like, it's really the only thing we ever fought about. Yeah. He's like, you're being dramatic, dude. Just relax. Yeah. It doesn't even fucking smell. It's not a big deal. It's going to be gone. They're not even here. Yeah. So our manager comes in next, sits down, doesn't react at all. Doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word. So Justin looks at me and goes, see? See? It's gone. It's like smell. a ghost. It's left us. It doesn't smell at all. Our, and our manager's sitting there going like, yeah, so blah, 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 this, that. Bunch we're of like, nonsense. Okay, uh, yeah. And then the people we're meeting with come in. They open Three the door. executives come in. Three executives, um, uh, a man, and, uh, men and women. The door opens instantly. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. What happened in here? They we start like, debating what happened. <laughs> and before... <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at Justin, and I'm like, you fucking, I told you it smells. They're, they're, these, these people are having this conversation. Well, Linda has her baby with here today, so maybe she's throwing the diapers out in this room. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's, could it definitely be that? That's yeah. probably what it is. I'm like, you motherfucker, and I know they think it's me. <laughs> I'm like, you think it's me? It's not. The guy responds to, it's not diapers. It's way worse. <laughs> 
People say there's sometimes animals in the wall. Maybe one of them died. He was guessing, no, not baby shit, a dead raccoon. We, we had to and change. And he's sitting there like. We had to change conference rooms. We moved conference rooms. We moved conference rooms. They were like, are any and other the co- debate went on as we were moving to the other rooms. They're like, have you seen Kenny and Svenny? They're like, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> wow. Still can't. Ten years later, Still I remember bad. you guys kept talking about Kenny and fucking Svenny. So proud of it. Yeah, they really ate our lunch, those fuckers. We, pit- we pitched them Broad City, but with guys, and they turned it down. Yo, don't say that. Don't, don't say that to people. That's, don't say that out loud. Uh, that's really funny. They're like, what is Broad City? I'm yeah, like, it's a show you'll it. have in 10 years. Yeah. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. I feel great. What is feels? I'm talking about feels. F-E-A-L-S which is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorsteps. Uh, Feels, tackles, uh, helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's easy to take. You throw a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. And if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through your personal experience. It works naturally to help you feel better. No high, no hangover, no addiction. I'm assuming you've heard a ton about CBD at this point, but Feels has is a membership, uh, a CBD membership company. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you could pause or cancel anytime. I personally have been enjoying feels uh, a couple of drops in the morning uh, before I have my coffee and then a bigger uh, full drop right right before bed just to chill me out a little bit. Um, And for me, uh, I find that it works pretty well. Um, It's kind of hard to tell like if I if I skip it one night, do I feel completely different? That's where it gets into like, I'm not exactly sure, but I do feel better when I'm taking it. So, um, do yourself a favor and become a member and get 50% off your first order. Uh, that uh, all you have to do is that, that's 50% off your first order and free shipping. You just have to go to feels.com slash mighty. That's F E A L S.com slash M I G H T Y to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash mighty. Oh, I'm under quarantine recording ads for these old podcasts. I'm in head to toe Mac Weldon. And what do I have this week? I've got a Mac Weldon ad. It's trust me, it's better than whatever you're wearing. It's a premium men's essential brands and they believe in smart design and premium fabrics. I'm in uh, Mac Weldon socks, Mac Weldon underwear, Mac Weldon pajama pants, and Mac Weldon t-shirt right now. Um, I'm wearing their silver underwear, which are the naturally antimicrobial. They eliminate odor. I don't need them. Um, they want, they're comfortable. Here's the thing. I can't speak to everyone's sizes because my body is a very specific, as you've heard me say before in a Mac Weldon ad, I've got no dick, no ass, huge gut, thick legs. Manage the double XL Mac Weldon's fit perfectly on me. So, do me a favor. Uh, Mac Weldon values its loyal customers, so you can join the Weldon Blue loyalty program. I did this. It's totally worth it. It's totally free. At level one, you place an order for any amount and you never pay for shipping again. At level two, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mac Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you'll also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. 
Level 2 also grants you access to new products before they're released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. So I am a huge... Mack Weldon, if you like their underwear, you're going to love their website. Holy shit, it's very easy to use. Um, I'm in head-to-toe Mack Weldon right now. I... I have no reason to lie. You guys know this. Uh, so if you want 20% off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com and enter promo code high. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and enter promo code high. H-I-G-H. What was? Has there been a part of your dad dying? Okay. That affected your life in a way that you could not even have pictured if someone's like, imagine what would happen if your dad died. Like, I'll give my example. Okay. So that give you a little time. You just want to get it off your chest? Yeah, I got to get it out. <laughs> Finally got to talk about some shit. Uh, <laughs> Again, a very classic interviewer thing to raise a, ask a question and then answer it immediately. <laughs> well, here's what I want to talk about. <laughs> they, know. <laughs> they know. I talk over whoever I... <laughs> I feel bad. No. But... but uh, the thing for me was I didn't realize how much my mom and dad were protecting me from themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like Whoa. by them being, a, I didn't realize how much shit my dad was dealing with from my mom's I insane personality that never got to us until my dad was gone. And I was yeah. like, and my mom, we just like, oh, she doesn't even have the buffer for my dad to go, don't fucking call them. Yeah. Don't Stop say that. Asking them. Don't say stuff like that out loud. They were so codependent that my mom just like doesn't know how to behave. So she just like fucking she turned, and I just wasn't prepared for that. That's not something I thought about at all. It was like, oh, you're you were sort of being taken care of for way longer than I thought, and way more. You you can do way less than I imagined. <laughs> Which is unfortunately like you know, is true. Well, I do think like it was weird when my dad died because they were uh, it was like the, they had been together for like 30 years or something. So when he died, she was like basically single for the first time since like high school-ish. Yeah. And so she became a high school person again. And she was like, after like nine months went by and she was like, um, I'm not going to, don't tell your siblings, but I'm going to start dating again. I was like, oh, why are you telling me? <laughs> yeah, I go, say go, don't tell anyone. Yeah, yet. just, I mean, try it out. I don't know. Don't. Ever say this to me again, if possible. But I, I'd like to take a moment under the umbrella of male friendship here and say, I bet the reason your mom told you is because you are legendarily laid back. Yeah, very <laughs> You're kind chill. of hard to get a rise out of. Like, I've been trying on purpose for 15 Good years. Good luck, couldn't, couldn't motherfucker. Do it. But f- you are, like, very, okay, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to do? Mom, I'd, wife, yeah. friend, kid. I see you as a dad, too. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go fucking put yogurt do whatever. in your hair. Dead whatever. inside. I'm a, I'm a dead inside sociopath. I, guess, um, <laughs> no, I don't care about I anything. Think, I think it comes from... I've seen... I've seen like nihilistic, apathetic parents. Yeah, your 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 whole vibe comes from a more like just sort of like yeah, no, you're gonna be fine. Well, but I, I feel like that's why we get along. So yeah, well, yeah, because I think you are that also. Yeah, and then but the flip is we're both kind of annoying to be around. One hundred percent. So that works wait till you see well. us tomorrow morning if yeah. anyone is in our hotel room. At this time. guy, we it took us touring together and working together and traveling together for like five years before I learned that hungover Justin is the worst version of Justin. He's not hungover at all in his mind. No. I'm in prime form. But he is a hundred miles an hour and just farting rust. (laughs) But he's like, that's it. That's my exact impression. His posture is like, there's a lot of finger guns coming out. Shut the fuck up. He's like pointing. He's like, 
what are we doing today? I'm like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. Yeah. But I think we're both very specific and annoying in our own ways. But since we're both really laid back, we kind of just allow each other to be a monster. (laughs) But then when we get together with like other friends or our wives and it's like, oh, I'm very aware of how annoying both of us are. Yeah. (laughs) Because they say it to our faces immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like there's a self-awareness thing happening. (laughs) My wife is one of the fakest. She's so capable of being so fake. I'm like, thank you to a stranger or whatever. Can't do it with me. Yeah. <laughs> she can't even like show a glimpse of like, no, I'm cool with what you're doing right now. She's like, already bored, been bored since 2003. Yeah, a hundred. My my wife, when I even gesture toward making some sort of joke, she's like, I'm done with this. No, <laughs> I'm like, just let me finish saying it, and then if, I don't know, enjoy it or don't. But like, let's. What are we? What are you even doing? Your wife has the power and maybe the mindset that if she laughs at you. You've won something. 100%. That is 100%. And my wife will get like that too, but not... But I've seen it more from his wife where I can see Justin's like really trying to make Just her Just want to be fun. He's like, Let's be fun. Are we having fun here? He's being so cute. Like he's trying to be so fucking cute and silly with her. And she knows that if she doesn't laugh, it'll kill him. Yeah. So he's yeah. like... Yeah. Which is very funny. Clearly, clearly very funny. Look at those, the way those hands were moving. It's very funny. His wife is beautiful, serene, but she'll sit there while he does the biggest characters and bits, and she'll just be like... <laughs> it's like performing. And I can see that she sees that she's winning. Yeah. Uh, that is 100% true. I can't wait till she listens to this podcast. It's going to be a I real... I think I said it to her that weekend, because we talked about... It's different. You saying it to her... And me saying it on a podcast in front of a large crowd of people, being like, yeah, that's how she is. Oh, I'm dead. I'm in a bad place. I'm in a future bad place. Well, you can, you can, do, you can sort of do the excuse I have when I do stuff like this. I'm pretty sure my wife will never get around to listening. 100%. 100%. If my wife had listened to a single podcast I've ever done, I would give her $1,000. <laughs> that's a how chance. you know that they're, they don't think we're funny. They don't... Yeah. You guys are paying money to come see this. A woman who lives with me is like, I have no time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, delete, delete, yeah. turn off. To I'm be like, fair, though, living with us is like being in a nonstop podcast that you can't turn off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, except in that podcast, too, every once in a while, you have to see my little dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, every you... once in a while, I get out of the cold shower, and my wife's like quietly in the bathroom, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and I like hold the towel over me. She's like, like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What are you hiding? <laughs> We've been married for 10 years. She's like, there's no way I would be surprised. <laughs> I hope it just grows randomly a lot over one night. Oh, wait. Just wait, wake like up. Some, like some you wake up one morning and your dick is like four inches longer and you're tripling its size and you're now, like... Let me ask you though, would you then be like, oh, I should investigate this, like talk to a doctor, or would you be like, yes, and, and go about your day? I honestly feel like I would get in trouble. Yeah, what, with who? I'm like, my wife's going to be so mad. What? How do I explain what? I got a new dick? She's going to know something's up. <laughs> what is she going to be mad at you about? What did you do? I have no idea. Because you literally made a wish, and it came true. I'm like, I'm sorry, my dick is bigger. Like, the weirdest thing to apologize about. You're like, She's like, did... it's really not that big. Yep. <laughs> it's she's... still not that big. Yeah, she's still unimpressed. Where'd you get that extra dick from? Whose dick is that? <laughs> Who'd you take that all that dick from? <laughs> is it Justin, part Justin's dick when you guys were fucking I each knew, other? I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Also, <laughs> I was like, also Justin doesn't trim his beard. <laughs> 
Um, For a wow. while, Justin, when we were doing the lifeguard show, Justin was a little bit hippie-ish with his downstairs okay. area. Okay. Well, let's just say there was a point in the lifeguard show where we were fully nude. Yeah, we get we we rip it off at the and the same with this podcast. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, our, our production of A Midsummer Night's Dream is very erotic, and there's only two characters, and we both play the kings, and they fuck each other. <laughs> in the beginning of the show, we rip off our uh, tearaway pants to reveal Speedos. In the last beat of the show, we rip off our pants, and we don't have the Speedos on, but we have our hands up. That's what we called a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reaction to hearing the story yeah, just... was, wasn't much better than it was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the... the the trick was that you had to, the tech had to hit the lights the second the pants came yeah. up. Now, would you be surprised the guy that's working at the UCB theater for a free improv class <laughs> is maybe not on top of his cues? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like this. <laughs> Slow fade lights. And we're like, oh. <laughs> the big thing when you're starting out in comedy is getting industry to see your show, meaning people that work in Hollywood or the business or TV or agents or whatever. Yeah. They're looking for like actors to be in movies, like prestige, uh, and they pay them a lot of money. People would come to our show and be like, our manager would be like, you can't, you just have your dicks out at the end. <laughs> yeah. No one like, like wants to work with you guys. You're like literally off-putting. Like yeah. <laughs> we're trying to court people into working with you and you're scaring people. <laughs> You, the paint in that conference room has bubbled off the wall since you guys were there. Well, you can't go back there. That night, they walked out of the Comedy Central building and they went, burn it. Burn the whole fucking thing. We'll yeah. rebuild it. Yep, uh, and that's why they haven't recovered. After Broad City ended. <laughs> after Broad City ended and you blew up the fucking bathroom. I wish it was the bathroom. Nope. Nope. Just the conference room. I have to fart now, too, and I feel like it's karma. I feel like I, yeah. I did it to myself, all this talking about farting, and I would try to do something funny like fart on the mic, but that's how you shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken from a man who's been through that before, um, but you're acting like your farts smell like a fucking sunny day. When oh, they it, don't that, smell good. Not... They smell like farts. Yeah. But I felt like you used me like I was a like I a truck. You, I felt like yeah, I was you, a truck. I'm being my own man, and sometimes it smells bad. I'm a truck on the highway, and you're driving behind me, going like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some fucking drafting off this." Did you fart? I smell it now. I, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're just two 40-year-old men talking about farting. Yeah. You it's guys paid for this, not yeah. us. Just constant punishment for the audience. Uh, uh, Did you find that when your dad passed away? <laughs> Yo, I love this. I love it. Keep circling back. We're like, our dad's died. Audience goes quiet. Farting. Woo! Back in it. Uh, I can walk the line, baby. We'll talk about both. Um, um, when you're, did you find when your dad died, you had to be more of a grown-up than you ever had to be before in your life? We were both weren't married yet when our dad died. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, uh, my... Because we're both the oldest boy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oldest, yeah. Person. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oldest person. We're both the we're oldest boys. Boy. <laughs> I'm technically a 37-year-old boy. boy. <laughs> oh, someday we're going to be men. That's... Well, you're, you're, old, you're the oldest boy until your dad dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to become the youngest man. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, my um, younger brother is uh, John, is like, also John, spelled the same. And I have a brother named Justin. It's kind of complicated. Very weird. 
It's confusing. Their age difference is the same as our age difference. <laughs> but they're literally, I guess they're sort of similar, but the they more, don't. Yeah, we don't have to get into <laughs> don't it. Don't get into that. <laughs> they do, want, they might listen to this. <laughs> yeah, neither of them want to hear about themselves right <laughs> yeah. now. Not what we're going to say. Yeah, not them. like our wives, who we just talked about a lot. Uh, uh, I think talking about Tiffany activates a little bit of a narcissist gene in her brain where she's just happy to hear people talking about her. That's nice. My wife. I think she's going to be pissed now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I left that part out, I might be okay. Note to editor, edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who listens to that knows, what is he editing out? <laughs> long moments of silence. There's weird racially charged misogyny, you know. Just kidding. Um... My younger brother, when my dad died, he moved home. He was like, I'm going to go home. I was like, okay. I feel now that I should also, but that would be very weird. Yeah. So he went and that, so then he sort of was like, I'm the man here. I'll help out. And it was a disaster. It was very difficult for everybody. Uh, sort of a disaster. So, and weirdly, the same thing happened to me, but not someone moving home. My brothers were home and right. I was living in Brooklyn. Yeah. And so that was, you know. 20 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> but you can You guys it. handle this. <laughs> He's gone. All right. Feels like you're a problem now. <laughs> yeah. Uh But I mean the the biggest thing with what we were talking about before is like my mom then had to like handle so many other things and also be like I want to like date so she was like trying to figure that out at the same time and that's very hard. And only she dated a guy who I was like he, I and again she did keep talking about it with me and I was like he's being mean to you. Uh, he's not talking to you enough. And I was like, why am I telling her <laughs> that this man who is, uh, he was a, this giant man. My mom dated, tried to date a giant man and then the smallest man I've ever seen. I know the small man. He put his tank tops on a hanger. Yeah. We were. That's burned into my fucking head. <laughs> so he came into the house yeah. with tank tops on a hanger. Carrying them. I think he had gotten them dry cleaned. I, think I it was truly cleaned. think they were pressed tank tops. 100%. Because they were on the metal. It wasn't like he had them hanging in it. They were it, on like the free hangers. Yeah, loose. And this is the way he was like, I'm going to meet these kids and impress them. They live in New York City. Yeah. I'm going to impress I'm going, them. I'm going, my girlfriend has a 33-year-old son. I'm going to yeah. go impress him with my tank tops. But that, so, uh, uh, Gabrus is there. Uh, we were up at the lake. I grew up on a lake, and uh, Gabrus was visiting that weekend, and there's this rock we all jump off called Indian Head. Uh, not, not the best name at this point, but, uh, and it's like, it's like 35 feet above the water. And so we go over there. We've, I've been jumping off it since I was 10 years old. You jumped off. We jumped off it the morning of your wedding in the rain. Oh, that's true. Very, yeah. very cool. Very awesome. We drank uh, Woodford Reserve out of coffee mugs and dove off of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Justin was what aiming a for the rocks. Yeah. We had to steer him into the water. He's like, I think this is the time. Yeah. Uh, metaphor. Um, metaphor, so, hun. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to this one podcast. Uh, Why'd you choose this one? Horrible choice. Really bad choice. Um, so we get up there, and we're all jumping off, and he's, like, clearly scared, which, totally, he's never done this. He's like... You should be scared to jump off a 35-foot cliff. And this That's completely like, a reasonable reaction to he, a cliff. this guy's, like, 55. He's not so... And, again, yeah. he's very tiny. So small. Um, and I'm not giant. He's tiny. Uh, he gets up there, and finally he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you guys are we're front porching it like not everyone does it. Like yeah, exactly. No one has to like – so many people of all ilks do not decide to jump off the Don't cliff. be a hero. Don't yeah. be a hero. Yeah. So he gets up there. He's like, I got this. And he gets to the edge and takes – and there are rocks below. You have to jump out. He takes the smallest step a man could take. I was like – 
As soon as he did it, I looked at the John and my brother, and I was like, he's dead. Yeah. There's a dead body of a ti- very tiny, very tiny dead body We're at talk- the bottom it's of not a sheer, It's not a super sheer cliff. There's a little bit of yeah. a lilt to it, and there's like tree branches and shit just sticking out of the side of it. Yeah. And this guy goes... And Joseph, like, we gotta go tell my mom her boyfriend's dead. And, it's, and what's, what's great is... Another he, dad down the drain. <laughs> and, then, and then do we bury him in the tank top that he had pressed? <laughs> it's like, okay. He left all his tank tops to me. <laughs> it's weird that small. He, <laughs> yeah, it's weird that he had a note on them, like, these are Justin's if I die. I barely met him. Uh, Wait, another thing that happened on uh, that cliff... <laughs> I'll just call it the cliff. Don't have to keep saying Indian. And again, head. we're boys. We are boys. Uh, a lot of our boys. stories happen on cliffs. Uh, in this other, we want to. <laughs> we had this idea that it'd be a very cool thing to take a hit of weed. This is very perfect for the high and mighty audience. Hold it in your lungs and then jump off the cliff or dive off like we were doing, and then come up and exhale the smoke. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> it was I was so excited to try it we did, yeah. we, it's like a nine hour drive from New York City we're like we're, we're, like, like, we're gonna this, do it we're this, gonna is do a writing, this. this is a writer's retreat yep, we call it another writer's retreat just going up to his lake house to get fucking fucked up and dive off cliffs under again. the osp- but it was gonna be a scene in the movie we were gonna it write was, yep and again, we, I don't think we opened the laptops, but we did really work we tried, out that scene. We tried to watch the first episode of Mighty Boosh like six <laughs> times. Yeah. You Great still show. never watch Mighty Great Boosh. Great show. No, I you are a fucking getting, liar. Definitely getting around to it. And definitely you know what? Get... Farts wasn't our only fight. Mighty yeah. Boosh was another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of your whole like, yeah, I watched that. I'm like, did you, were you on your laptop the whole time I was playing and you weren't paying attention? You're like, yeah, yeah that's why I said I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I was watching something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll fucking kill you. You have to watch Mighty Boosh. You don't understand me creatively. Yeah, you're like watching. You're like, what is this? What is that? Uh, uh, well, check out the Mighty Boosh if you haven't watched it. It's very funny. It's very good. Very but, good. Definitely check it out. So we get up. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I'm Got trying you. to be cool about this. Well, you said that this is, a, I'm your longest running friend. Yeah. So I guess this is the well, end. Well, let's see if anyone can beat you. <laughs> Because that's, you know. Friendship is a race. And, yeah. Well, it started. Uh, someone has to win. It started level two UCB 2004, and it ended tonight. January. I wish I knew the date. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't even think of the date. I'm like, I want to. You couldn't even guess. January 18th. <laughs> Yo, please. 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 Don't applaud oh, yeah, him. You guys are applauding. Don't applaud him for guessing the date. Give him. Come on. He's a, he's a big boy. This We're is embarrassing. Big boys. We're big boys. The most embarrassing thing is, it's like, I've been plugging January. Come see me live January 18th in Philly. And I forgot everything. Yeah. <laughs> this should be the only date I know. But we, go, we decide we're going to jump up. We're going to do this weed trick, whatever we want to call it. I think the joke in the script was, what do you guys call this? Smoking weed was the answer. That's good. Um, so we took a hit, passed the bowl to Justin. I jump off, come up, breathe it out. Justin does the same, does it? We were like, that's so cool. Very water, cool. Like, high-fiving. We're like, it's crazy. Like, it was so cool. <laughs> I was like, I hit the water so hard, and I really wanted to exhale the weed, but I held it until I came back yeah. up. Like, me too, dog. We're like, yeah. We're going to live forever. Yeah. True. Truth. We're definitely going to be way past talking, telling these stories when we're in our 30s and 40s. Yeah. 
we're not. Uh, so uh, then uh, uh, one of our other friends is with us, this guy Kevin. He, he does it. He comes and gets on the boat with us. Last up is Justin's brother, John. He, he does it. Goes to th- he goes, throw me the lighter in the bowl to, the, to Kevin in the boat. And John, his brother's like, I'm not doing that. The boat's like 40 feet away from the cliff. It's like Pythagorean theorem. It's, yeah, it's whatever C squared is away, you know. So John goes, throws a lighter off the roof, off the, off the roof of a cliff. The roof. That's this, right? A roof <laughs> of a cliff. Throws it off the cliff. Soars fucking so far. Kevin on the boat puts his hand up, catches the fucking lighter. Unbelievable. Oh, we've never seen something like that in our lives. We're all losing our shit. It was like, just throw a lighter. All right, next up, the more expensive, fragile device, <laughs> the glass ball. Arguably the more important part. Yes. Of it. <laughs> Kevin puts his hand up. John winds up 25 feet over the top of the boat. <laughs> Sails, hits the water. We all look. Only bowl we have at the lake house on the weekend. <laughs> Instantly gone. We're like over. diving off the boat like it's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, sorry, go down our air. It's like, <laughs> We're like ripping layers off and shit. <laughs> Called the police. Rescue divers were in there. They couldn't get the fight. lights. We need choppers. <laughs> None of us know how to roll a J. <laughs> Never got it. Oh man! Next time I, we go up to the lake house, we gotta do that again. We, we gotta find the bro. Bowl? We can do it with we. <laughs> no new ideas. Cool. Uh, the, Justin's family has a lake house, uh, and we used to go there all the time. One of the other memories I have from there is. You guys used to have a jet ski, but then you didn't. But then you had like a cool cousin who had a jet ski. And yep. he was like, if you guys want to use my jet ski, you totally can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were like. He's not cool. He's just six feet tall, a fireman in West Virginia, <laughs> um, jacked. Yeah, he's cool to us. He's like 15 years younger than Way us. Way younger. <laughs> and we're like, we're like dude, younger. you're going to get so much pussy. He's like, please, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking firefighter like you. Let me feel those legs. <laughs> get off me, mister. Beautiful. I just met you. So he's like, you, you, yeah. he's like, you and Gabrus can take my uh, jet ski out. We're like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. We're going to fucking have a blast. <laughs> All we got to do is jump on this thing and get it going. And we just, I step up. He gets on. I step off the deck to get on the jet ski and instantly Flips flip over. it. And when we mean instantly, it, was, it took us by surprise that it was happening. Yeah. Whole thing fell over. I was like, okay, no problem. Right, let's, let's just let's reset. Just flip, let's reset. flip it and get back on. I'm not, no hyperbole, 40 minutes of trying to get both of us on a jet ski. And I, I, I think we actually gave up. I don't think we ever took a ride. No, we did, event, not that day. <laughs> but we, we came back. We came back. Seven years later, <laughs> and we Spent, conquered that jet ski. Imagine the seven-year training montage of just <laughs> yeah. like white trash people teaching us how to jet ski. Yeah. We, we finally get on the jet ski, and... I, I, like, we're adults at this period of time. Yes. I'm too big to do most activities. And I'm definitely too big to be sitting behind with... So we have two Grabbing. light vests on, on this jet ski. It's literally like... <laughs> me, and, me. I'm like, floor it! Justin's like, I am! <laughs> and it's not a, it's not a like, big floor. lake, so we couldn't build up a head of steam. No, yeah, right, turn, like, right at turn, right at turn. Everyone can see us. Like anyone who has a house is like, oh, those two gay guys are doing their weird. Yeah. <laughs> and we like brought it back. We're like, that was really fun. Thanks, yeah. man. 
Thanks, never, do, do never doing that again. Yeah, that was God. a big part of our friendship, that jet ski ride. Would you say one of your favorite activities is drinking with your shirt off? Because it's definitely top five for me. Um, I don't even have to have my shirt off. No, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm not, we don't have to, like, break down our alcoholism. I mean, more like... <laughs> oh, it's about the shirt. Yeah. I got you. Like, that vibe of a situation in which you can have a, a beer and have your shirt off. Like, if you're in that situation, The Witcher agrees with me, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know. Congratulations on the season. Yeah. That's so good. Um, that's Give good. The Witcher a coin. <laughs> I don't know the words. Uh, but... Uh, just the vibe. If you're in a situation where you're allowed to have your shirt off and you're allowed to consume alcohol or drugs, I don't think there's like a better situation. Yeah, well, I think it this- sort of sets a tone. Like, oh, I love drinking at a bar. Oh, I love having my shirt off in the pool. But fucking, let's get all these things combined. Yeah, let's. Uh, I think it's sort of the outside dog mentality that you were talking about earlier, where it's just like, give me a, a day where we can just like day drinking or get out of the normal. Uh, sort of routine, and then uh, see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think it starts in college. At, at, who here, like, went to college? Who here went to college? <laughs> who no. here knows what college is? It's like high school, but the stakes no, are a hey, little no higher. No judgment if you didn't go. I don't get Smart move. Uh, you probably have an extra 50 grand lying around, but... Uh, you're, using us, your, you're using your funneling major. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> radio, TV, film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although my senior thesis was like an advertising campaign. Nice. So that helped. Uh, but um, oh, uh, these ne- Gansets are hitting the head. What the fuck was I talking? Oh, shirts <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> what shirts off? No, we weren't. It was something new at that point. Back me up. Uh, college. college. Uh, it starts in college. College. It Good. starts in college. If you went to school in the Northeast, where like I'm assuming a lot of Philly residents, and New York residents did, uh, the first glimpse of nice weather. Yeah. Every girl has rolled, and this is the early 2000s, late 90s, every girl has rolled shorts and like a rolled tank top. Dudes are playing frisbee with their shirts off. The vibe changes completely on that first day in March where the sun hits. The whole vibe of your school changes. Everyone seems hot and horny again. It was like four months of pajamas and depression. And then the second it's sunny out, it's like we're blowing off classes and drinking vodka out of bike, uh, exercise bike water bottles. <laughs> Why? Because the sun is out. It's 61 degrees. And five different girls with different spellings of Kristen, Christina, Kirsten, and Chrissy will be laying out in short shorts. What would you say, so what would you say is your number one college activity? Like, uh, or like what was your college thing? My college thing. Like, what, what were you... Because uh, I didn't know you when you were in college. I knew right. you after that. Yeah, uh, I was very different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was sort of like... I believed college was like Van Wilder, the movie Van... I, I was... I would like to say I was Van Wilder of my college, but the real answer is I was trying to be Van Wilder of my college, which is so much sadder... I wanted that reputation. Like, I won the Mr. Marist beauty pageant, and I was proud of it for real. That's I mean, I humiliating. Love to cop to know, that? All uh, renowned colleges have a beauty pageant. <laughs> and it's just, it was for charity. <laughs> I wore, for the formal uh, category, every one of the guys wore tuxes and took it seriously, and I walked out in a thong, baby oil, and just a little bow tie. 
and I fucking won. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to a Catholic college. <laughs> Baby oil is the ultimate outfit. <laughs> Baby oil protects you from everything. Yeah. Uh, I was a uh, theater major, as you said. So yeah, I was... I, you're one of the few people that I'm like, who, are, who I'm friends with. I'm sorry. Hello? <laughs> is that my I, wife? Is that yeah. my wife calling? She's somehow this hearing not, this? This is on Sirius XM. No. I had to look at what time it was. You won't believe it. It's 11.15. No, that's totally... I thought it'd be... What day? What's the date today? <laughs> <laughs> Got him! It's January 18th, brother. <laughs> Again, that's the second time. He should definitely remember the first time he said it, which was uh, less than an hour ago. Yeah, once we train them to cheer anytime I get something remotely right... <laughs> The episode sounds like it's fire to listeners. The idea that... Oh, he's popping off. He knows the date. The crowd loves it. I love the idea that your catchphrase is just saying the date at any live show. (laughs) January 18th! Yeah. Unconfidently guessing the date and then (laughs) pumping my fist like Judd Nelson at the end of Breakfast Club. Yeah. Uh, Now, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. When we used to talk about dead dad stuff... Yep. (laughs) <laughs> you weren't a dad. Yes, that's true. Now you're a dad. Yes. Do you find yourself? I'm too- dying. <laughs> uh, I want to complete the pattern. <laughs> I'm telling you, once you're a living dad, there's only something else you can become. Yeah, exactly. It's inevitable. And it's not a living mom. I mean, I guess technically you can do that. Yeah. You're right. You can become whatever you want. Thank you. Um, but you can't not be a dad anymore. You're stuck you're with right. this dad well, thing. It's kind of right. hard Once to get it. out of. Trust me, my dad tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope he's not listening for, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but do, do you wow. find yourself doing anything that you, you, your dad did that either annoyed you or that you actually liked and now you uh, find yourself doing it again? Well, my dad, uh, my whole family's all construction workers in upstate New York. Uh, in so they're very supportive of your theater politics 100%. major? Truly... They, I was good at school. When I in sixth grade, this is a, the humblest brag. Uh, but in sixth grade, my parents went to they had an award ceremony, and I won all of the awards. And they were terrified because they didn't know that I was good at school until then. I was like, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. Kids are like twelve in sixth grade. Yeah, no, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah. I've, been in, be I've been in five other grades, <laughs> at least. Uh, so uh, they. from that moment on, they were like, okay, good, good. We won't touch you because you seem to be doing something that we don't understand. Um, And then uh, my dad was always doing construction, and and, uh, on the weekends, he was, like, fixing our house in weird ways. He had a garden that had corn in it, which is, like, not a garden vegetable. (laughs) That's, like, a field That's a cash crop. Yeah, Yeah, it's a cash crop. (laughs) But he had, like, I was like, do you not want to be with us because you're making corn? (laughs) You're making corn grow. Unnecessary. Uh, yeah, have another year of corn, Justin. <laughs> yeah, like, Dad, okay. I'm so full. I've been shit. your dad's corn. He <laughs> grew it outside. There's four years this season. It's a big night tonight at dinner. Uh, and so only when we, he was always like, he'd be, he'd be like, come help me build this thing. And uh, definitely me and also my brother, uh, we were both bad at hand stuff, stuff with your hands. Uh, I don't, you're I don't great master, at mouth stuff. Yeah, great at mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I got you. You got you. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing at this point. <laughs> uh, so he would like, come help me do this thing. And he'd be, hold this up. And I would fuck it up. He'd be like, 
okay, no, that's not how I need you to do it. And I'd be like, okay, is this it? He's like, nope, that's even worse than what you did a minute ago. And then I would do it again. He would swing the hammer and I would somehow fuck it up. And he'd be like, you know what? Go other places. Go to another place. Um, so he was always doing that. And he, it's not like he was, a, he was bad or mean, but he was just like, I don't know, you're a, a not this a good... This will take me one-third the time if I ask you to leave. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're not a man, and I am a man, so what do we have in common? <laughs> Go do something else. Um, and only when it, uh, we got to be sort of older was he like, oh, this is fun. These people are like me, and we have interests in common, and we all hang out. Um, so what? now that I'm a dad, I'm definitely trying to be... Uh, I have two daughters who are uh, three and one. So there's not a lot of relating to them yet, obviously. But there is a lot of yelling at them about construction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stack the plywood over here. No. What the fuck is wrong with you? But again, I'm not good at construction, so when I'm mounting my home plays uh, of my performances <laughs> of... Uh, Hold the camera. <laughs> I need this audition now, daughter. Uh, what is your name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your mother named you. I don't remember. Uh, I'm trying to be very much more like in the in the game early. Involved. Yeah. Asking questions. Like, what, I, I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot of questions to ask now. But you're sort of like, you're not doing a lot of things at home where you're like, just leave me alone. Let me get this done. You're involving them if they're yeah, curious or whatever. I like take them to school in the morning and daycare and all that. So it's very much. And I think that's the thing that I don't blame my dad for, but it's definitely something that I'm like, oh, I, I think he regretted that. And I know that for a fact because I have a, my youngest brother is 12 years younger than me. And that kid got to be fucking fathered. Oh, my. That kid got to be fathered. They made, when, when my youngest brother, Max, was like 10, they made a shield out of wood. I my. would have killed for that. <laughs> like a Legend of Zelda-style shield. My brother was eight years younger than me, and he got fathered so fucking hard. Fuck It was that. my dad's third try, and he's like, well, this one, why don't I give him attention? <laughs> 100%. And it's, it always happens for the youngest. The parents go like, this is the last chance. Let's get it right. Or like, we have no pictures of our first two kids. We should take some of this kid. Uh, <laughs> one of the distinct memories I've had was that I, me and to a lesser degree, my middle brother, we were never allowed to do anything. Like if it costs money or a moment of distraction from whatever my mom and dad wanted to do, it was just not allowed. It was like, can I go to the moon? No. All right. All right. Uh, it- I want to play lacrosse. Do they give you the equipment at school? You just have to buy a stick. Play soccer. (laughs) I want to play lacrosse. I was a surfer. My parents wouldn't want to buy me a surfboard. Understandable. I'm a 17-year-old kid. I'm like, this is my new hobby. It requires a $600, 10-foot piece of wood to keep in the house. And this is Long Island as well. Long Island, Not the surfing capital of the world. (laughs) We have a fucking solid break. Ditch Plains is one of the best surf sessions. Hands down on the East Coast. But... You're right. It's a three-month-a-year kind of gig. <laughs> yeah. So it totally makes sense. My, my mom and dad didn't want to buy me a surfboard. But I had to surf with my, on my friends' boards. But I, my friends were normal-sized humans, you know? Yeah. I couldn't use any of their boards because I was 100 pounds heavier than my friends in so, high school. What, you need to surf on like a full piece of plywood? I like had to a, surf a on piece my of friends. Rock? <laughs> yeah. The best board I could get was a 10-6 Robert August. If you know anything about surfing, that's a fucking cream of the crop board now. That not, shit, a lot that surfers, shit now. not a lot of surfers here in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Yeah, really weird. The Temple Surf Team is here. <laughs> Bill Cosby founded us. <laughs> wow. wow. My favorite Temple grad. Um, but 
Uh, <laughs> like, why did I say that? Yeah, we- <laughs> uh, but then my youngest brother one day was like, went to the, uh, went surfing once with a friend of it. I was using my friend's dad's board. I'm asking a 50 year old man, hey, if you're not surfing today, can, like making a kid from my swim team ask his dad, hey, if you're not gonna surf, can the guy, that guy who's 100 pounds heavier than me that I'm friends with, can he use your surfboard, your $500 surfboard? Yeah, I guess so. So I do that. My brother goes surfing once with his friends and my dad goes, if you want a surfboard, just ask Santa Claus for it. My brother's like 15, so that's a joke. And I'm like, you're about to buy him a surfboard. I can't believe this comes up in therapy, <laughs> on podcasts. If, you're, uh, if you've listened to every episode, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before. <laughs> Bust my fucking you. guts. It bothers me so fucking much. I just never had that. It's like, I feel like if my, you went, like my parents went to my school, like parent-teacher conference, and the teacher was like, oh, he craves attention nonstop at school, and he keeps acting up, and he wants everyone to pay attention to him. My parents would be like, I don't see why that would happen. <laughs> he never does anything at home. We never see or hear him do anything. <laughs> the guidance um, counselor was like, can you just get him like a podcasting microphone or something to really get him? We're saying, look, he's a slightly above average, intelligent white guy, uh, and he's kind of funny. Here's the thing. He could become a hundred air doing podcasts eventually. <laughs> the technology doesn't exist, but make sure he majors in radio because the overlap will be used. If he dreams big enough, he could become... <laughs> A podcast. Uh, even if he moves across the country, he'll still come back to Philadelphia to make a couple of hundred bucks. <laughs> and I want to thank you guys here in Philadelphia yeah. for coming out to High and Mighty Live. Woo-hoo. I cannot believe I made it through this show, sort of, with my voice. Yeah, no, it, it was dicey at the top there. Oh, it's bad. I think, thankfully, this is the last stop of my tour for a number of reasons, brother. <laughs> But most of all, I want to thank you guys here at the Ruba Club. I want to thank you guys, the shitheads who came out to pay to see the shit live. So much appreciation for that. Yeah. You guys gave me the confidence that I could go tour around the country. So I'm going to bring this shit all around. But most of all, I want to thank my guest, Justin Tyler. Yeah. JT Sizzle himself. Yeah. Host of the Comic Book Club podcast. Check that out on iTunes. Check out Desus and Mero. Justin's a field producer, director for the Showtime series. Desus and Mero, check that out. Season two starts February 3rd, coming right up. And I don't want to sit here and plug. We're good enough friends that I don't have to kiss his ass at all. But for real, at least Google Desus and Mero with Bernie Sanders. Justin shot that sketch with them, and it's fucking awesome. It's good, yeah. Uh, Desus and Mero just keep showing Bernie expensive sneakers, and you see Bernie's reaction to how expensive Jordans are. It's fun. It's very fun. It's a very fun fucking sketch. Yeah. Check it out. Justin Tyler, everybody. Thank you guys. John Gabris. Buy drinks. Tip well. I'll see you guys around. Bye, shitheads. Woo